Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Adi, you back yet? No. All right. I think Adi is still watching that video. Um, oh no, I'm I'm here. Okay. You got me. Yeah, I got you. So, you know, after realizing all the pictures of Earth are fake. You know, it's a big leap to make the next step from there. But I also had to look, while looking at satellites, I had to look into the ISS. Uh, got to give a lot of guys like Jaronism, of course. Got to give him a lot of credit on this. He's done some great work on the ISS. Been following him since the beginning. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other you guys got, out there. You got me on to his work. I, I really like his work and Mark Sargent's work. So really good, right? Really good. I, I think... I hands down, so. hands down. For me, Jaronism is the best at debunking NASA wow. footage, and Mark is the best at bringing new people in. That's that's how I feel. Everybody has their role. Um, yeah. So to the ISS, I want to talk a little bit about the ISS. The ISS is a, is a whole other animal because the ISS they're using many different techniques to fool you, and it's really. Oh, you know, you know what I get, Brian, and I'm sorry to cut you off here. Oh, no, good, good. But oh, I good. think it's, I think it's a, I, I get this question. It's like, okay, well. If and, and maybe you tell me how it works better, probably because you probably know. But here's the question that people ask, I think, that, that I and which is, all right, well, if NASA is faking this, isn't there a RAS of like the Russian space version? And then supposedly the Chinese have a program. And I think not too long ago, the Chinese actually said that. And, and I've seen some of their pictures, actually, but they say they have a probe now on the moon. Yeah, yeah. A probe but, on the moon. But their pictures are, are you know. They're really suspect. Bad. Right, suspect. I mean, they're really bad. And then other people. So, but I guess here's what I'm getting at. Like, I think people have a hard time believing that even if NASA is fake, like that all these other administrations are fake. But to some degree, aren't these aren't all the administrations, NASA, Russia's version of NASA, China, whoever, aren't they all? And I could be wrong on this, but aren't they all kind of brought under the ISS now? And the ISS, yes. in a sense, that's a great a point. Sense, is kind of like the clearinghouse, meaning NASA ultimately, through the ISS, has become the clearinghouse for space information and pictures now from everyone. Yeah. So is that so kind of the, how they gatekeep? These, I'll, these I'll people... These people are supposedly at odds with each other, and people think, oh, well, why don't the Russians expose the Americans or the Chinese? But, but right. okay, well, if they're really our enemy, right, why the fuck are they on the space station with us chilling? <laughs> Seriously. We're, we're supposed to be, you know, enemies or Cold War rivals or this and that. They're up there together on the space station. They're hand-in-hand brothers, okay? The United States and the Soviet Union are brothers in crime. They have been since day one. The Cold War was a complete hoax. When can you get the whole the whole world worried about this war and that never even, that a shot's never even fired? This is how masterful they are at deception. The, the, the biggest fear is this war that never even happened. I mean, nobody even fired a shot, okay? Nobody fired a shot. They were in on this together, and I'll, I'll get to the origins of how they came under this together in just a second once we uh, we expose the ISS techniques a little bit, and then we'll, we'll get into the Antarctic and, and all that, and that's where they kind of they kind of formed their bond, if there wasn't already a bond before that, you know, going back to old wars and whatnot, but, you know. 
Would you agree with that? That the ISS now somewhat serves as like a clearinghouse for for like all all the international kind of space agencies. When you say clearinghouse, specify what you mean a little more. What do you What do you mean? Like, like now that they're working together, it's easier, I think, for for them to release things in the public to buy it because it all kind of goes through through the ISS now to some degree, meaning pictures and so forth. Oh, yeah, so it seems all, more credible all, because it's all these nations putting it out, right? That that, and the fact that NASA is still probably the controlling arm of the ISS, even with it being international. So kind of by default, it, when I yeah, say clearinghouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, they're almost like the Federal Reserve, it's if you like, will. Kind of with banking, the analogy would be meaning all the money's got to go through the Federal Reserve. Well, all these pictures and things that be they be released, they kind of got to go through through NASA via yep. the ISS. Yeah, and just that's just like the same thing with uh, SpaceX. People are like, oh, Elon Musk, SpaceX, they're a private company. Let me tell you something. SpaceX got like five billion dollars from the U.S. government. All their projects are government projects, and every time they launch something, whether it's a real launch or not, it's from Cape Canaveral, NASA's facility. So how private are they? This, they're just the fall guy for NASA. Or they're, they're to pick up the pieces when NASA crumbles. And, oh, SpaceX is this great organization for the people, blah, blah. And they'll, they'll pick up where NASA went off if, if NASA does crumble. That's their whole plan. It really is. Uh, with the ISS, the ISS is a joke, okay? The ISS, the International Space Station, I'm going to tell you some of the techniques they use. Now, most of you people in the flat Earth... Uh, type of movement, and you guys know all this, and we're just going to blow through this for new people. The the anti-gravity is done with zero-G planes. First is one way. Zero-G plane, what a zero-G plane is, it's like a gutted-out 737 that does a parabolic maneuver, and as it comes down into a nosedive, it gives you about 60 seconds of weightlessness. Now, if you look at the weight, uh, the weightlessness, what do you call it, it you know, anti-gravity weightlessness shots in the uh, in the ISS, they look identical to zero G footage. So identical that the, even the ISS looks like an airplane. It's not. It doesn't look like some wide space station people live on. It looks like an airplane with a bunch of with a bunch of wires everywhere. Like what type of electrician would ever wire a place like that? <laughs> I mean, there's there's wires and stuff everywhere. And this is NASA. This this is out of space. But that's not the only technique they use. They use harnesses, which they have been caught on on video many times. Harnesses on the ISS to pretend they're suspended in air, so Scott Kelly can do his friggin' backflips. They also use, yeah, oh yeah, they also use, uh, yeah. they also use, uh, like augmented reality, like virtual reality of items that aren't there. Did I show you this video before, ID? One of them, the Mike Helmlich video. I've seen a bunch of them. What, what also I think that tells it is they they tip their hat early by. Uh, I've right. They released a video. They being being ISS released a video of the uh, astronauts training in a zero gravity plane. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just like there's footage of that. There's footage of that. So how hard would it be then to just film some stuff then in the zero gravity plane? Exactly. And just like that, because they, do... they already they already gave us footage of them like doing training in this simulated exactly. zero gravity plane. And that's how they do their spacewalks. Their spacewalks are done in a pool. And they train. JPL has a huge, gigantic pool. Um, the Zero Buoyancy Lab. That's what it's called. NASA Zero Buoyancy Lab. And 
they have this huge gigantic pool with a mock-up ISS underneath it, and they practice. They supposedly practice their spacewalks under there, but in le- in reality, they're doing their spacewalks, and that's where they film it. They just blacken out the friggin' pool, and this is very evident when you look at the footage. You can see bubbles of air in the water in the pool rising to the top and the, you know the first time i seen it was a few years ago but you see it all the time now it sticks out like a sore thumb these people aren't doing space they're not doing spacewalks and besides the air bubbles do you ever see these people come in and out of an airlock oh there's no video of that do you ever see an astronaut take a camera and do 100 never mind 360 you ever see him do a pan of 180 degrees no he never does you know why well if he turns around 180 degrees he's gonna film the whole damn film crew and the whole studio so they don't do it. Oh, yeah. They don't do it. It's never done. I, I think one of the best ones I've seen in terms of things not looking right are was um I think it was on a Jaronism video. I could be wrong, but he put out a lot of work on NASA, of course, and I've been through some of it, probably not as much as you have. But where, where uh, it's kind of like zero gravity going on in the front ground with some of the astronauts, but then one of the astronauts in the background, you've probably seen this, I'm sure, knocks over like a bottle of ketchup, and the bottle of yeah, ketchup yeah. just falls. The bottle of ketchup falls normally, like with normal gravity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 so <laughs> it's so it's so bad, RD. I mean, it really is. And I'm not even going to touch on the Mars landing right now. I mean, that that in itself is a joke. Maybe I'll play some of the interview later. That guy Adam Stelzner. Worst interview or ever. He, did you remember that one? I showed you that, right? The Mars one. Yeah. And he does the press I, conference, I, I and he keep remember. he he keeps asking for help in the crowd. He's like, if my buddy John Walls is out there, he has the answer to that. They're like, oh well, how was the landing? What can you tell us about the landing, Adam? Uh, it was good and clean. That's all I can tell you. It was good and clean. Can you tell us about the type of file you used to take the images? I can't really tell you too much. If my buddy Bob Smith is out there, blah blah. He did this like four times, looking out for the. And this is the technique he uses to beat around the bush and not answer the questions he can't answer. He pretends it's somebody else's specialty. He calls for them in the crowd, but of course they're not there because they don't want to answer that question. It's it's just it's so blatantly obvious. I mean, on Mars, they, they, you're telling me they sent Johnny Five to Mars and he's still up there. The battery was supposed to die years ago. He's still out there cruising around. Their their fakery of Mars is so bad. You know that there's images of Mars. So they they told you that they they were sending back pictures of the the Mars rover, Johnny Five, we'll call it, right? So they send back pictures of it, and then the joke is, oh, he's taking selfies of himself, you know? And that's what people, that's what NASA would tell you, it's taking its own pictures. There's actually a picture out there, and there's probably a few of them. You can see the shadow on the ground of the photographer taking the picture of the robot. (laughs) And there's not supposed to be anybody on Mars, okay? Because they're not on Mars, they're filming it on Earth. They literally, and there's different memes out there, some from Greenland, some from Arizona. I don't know where they really are, but they're definitely on Earth. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, but you know, so so the the ISS is completely bogus. I mean, we could go on for hours about that. But where where is it supposed to be? Too do you know? Like technically, like two, if it really was like two hundred and fifty miles above Earth. Two hundred and fifty miles and, above Earth. Oh, and remember and we talked about the satellites earlier. People think they it, can yeah, see him. Is it, is it, it, Brian? Is it stationary or is no. it like it's supposed? It supposedly does seventeen thousand five hundred miles an hour, Ad. <laughs> what? Yeah, and they got astronauts hanging outside of it while it's orbiting seventeen thousand five hundred miles an hour. That would rip the skin well, off your well, face. 
Okay, yeah, but all right, I'm just gonna go with it and say let's assume that that happens, okay? And let's assume that it's 250 miles away, but again, or 250 miles from the Earth, right? But again, can't they send us one good picture? You would think they could, but they don't. And then, and then again, if they did get a picture from of their, they're 250 miles away, right? They couldn't they send us one, one or many good pictures of the Earth and. Good pictures of the Earth with satellites. Yep. They, they, they definitely should be able to take pictures of the satellites, right? Yep. And you know what pictures we do get when we get pictures from them? Doctored pictures with a fisheye lens. If it's even taken from a craft in the air, it might just be totally made up on a computer anyways, and they're just shooting it in a stage. Um, whether they're in a high-altitude plane doing some of the footage and curving it with a fisheye lens, or whether they're just manipulating it all, like, in a studio. I mean, I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Probably a combination of both. Either way, it's fakery. But every image that they send up there, uh, from up there, and anything else from NASA, and anybody that's trying to deceive you about the round Earth, they send you pictures that are taken with a fisheye lens. For those of you that don't know what a fisheye lens is, if you ever lived in an apartment building, and you look out the peephole in your door, that's a fisheye lens. It distorts everything so you can get a wider angle, but it curves everything into the middle. So when they take these pictures of Earth and it's all curved, it's so obvious because the like the extensions of the satellite that are in the shot will be curved and they're supposed to be like straight bars of metal or whatever. Or the curve will be really exaggerated. Or for example, the Red Bull jump. That's one I'd like to get into because the Red Bull jump is one of the things uh, at the beginning of all this I kind of seen. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't even need people to dissect it. Right when I seen it live, I knew what was going on. Um, they, what they did is they took a the Felix Baumgartner, the Red Bull jump. Do you remember that? No, I'm not familiar with this. What is it? Oh, this is you got to watch this later then. So Felix Baumgartner went in this like pod that was like a space pod or whatever. And he went up to... It was well over 100,000 feet. He was supposedly like on the edge of space, okay? And this is a NASA astronaut from the ISS, I take it? No, this is uh, this guy Felix Baumgartner. I don't know what type of experience he had as an astronaut, but this was a Red Bull-sponsored thing. Red Bull paid uh, – I'm sure NASA was in on it. I mean they were working together with it. Uh, they sent up this craft, and he supposedly skydived out of it, okay, from space. Skydived from – Red- who is Red Bull? They make the energy drink. Oh, really? Yeah, the Red Bull okay. company. Yeah, yeah. They they sponsored this. Okay. Yeah. So obviously NASA had something to do with it too, but there were Red Bull stickers on it. Yeah, so he jumps out of it, right? Before he jumps out, okay? Before he jumps out, you see him. He's in he's inside, okay? Now you can't use a fisheye lens inside the cockpit because it's gonna make everything inside curved and it's gonna be obvious. Okay? So they have a regular camera on the inside. A fisheye lens on his helmet. Well, when he goes to the door to jump out, the interior camera is filming him, and you can see the horizon behind him. The horizon is completely flat, okay? He jumps out. It switches to his helmet cam. It goes completely curved. Then, because he's moving, and this is what fisheye cameras do when you're not stable, they go convex, concave, convex, concave. So it's like concave earth, round earth, concave earth, round. It's going back and forth, flashing as he's jumping, dude, as he's jumping. And right before he jumped, when you see the round earth, it makes things so distorted that New Mexico is where he's landing. New Mexico takes up like a third of the globe. (laughs) It's so ridiculous, right? So then he's about to land. He's about to land. He's like, you know, 20 feet from the ground, and the Earth is as curved as it was when he was in outer space, okay? It's totally fabricated. Then he lands. You'd love this. 
already. He lands, he does a Freemasonic hand symbol, right? Rather than waving to people or giving the thumbs up, mm. he does this Freemasonic hand symbol, and then he trots off. Now, not only did he use a fisheye lens, this is a whole bunch of fakery here. Not only did he use a fisheye lens, fake the curve of Earth, this guy, right? Now, remember, they say that we're going to get into it now. They say the Earth is spinning a thousand miles an hour at the equator, right? 1038 miles per hour. Up around here, maybe 700, okay? So uh, he jumped from New Mexico. So we're talking, you know, probably eight, 900 miles an hour spin, okay? So that means he went up He went up for two and a half hours before he jumped. In two and a half hours, the Earth would have spun over 2,000 miles. He took off in New Mexico, and he skydoved. So if the Earth's spinning west to east at 2,000 miles an hour... He should land in the Pacific Ocean somewhere. He landed 55 and, and miles. And that is just on his axis, correct? Yeah, that's just the Earth spinning on its axis. Never mind that's all the even, other motion. That's not even taking consideration the, the so-called rotation, correct? Not, no, it's the, the rotation, but not the revolution. Or the revolution, there we go, around the sun. And that would also, that would that should play into the to the physics as well, shouldn't it? You would think it would, but not maybe not as definitive as the rotation <laughs> on the axis. But so this guy, well, I, right? He goes two right. and a half hours up. So while he's up there, before he gets down, the Earth should spin almost twenty five hundred miles. Okay, and he lands fifty five miles from where he took off on New Mexico, that's taken up a third of the globe. And he does his Freemasonic hand symbol, and everybody thinks, "Oh, this is great. This guy just jumped from outer space." Total, total fucking farce. Total farce. <laughs> total farce. Total farce. So then, you know, I start to look more into this stuff. And this is way back. This is before this this whole flat earth thing really took off. Um, this was late 2014. So there wasn't really anybody out. The only videos that were out there, literally, when I tell you, RD, and I, I know I've tried to help you look into some of this stuff, and I said, let me send you videos because the market is just oversaturated with shit now. You'll be lost forever because there's thousands and thousands. Back then, there were two guys there was Matt Boylan, who was putting stuff out there since 2012, really. Nobody knew who he was. And then there was Eric Dubay, who had come on the scene around that same time, 2014 or whatever, maybe 2013. Um, I stumbled on a video, because you know how you go on YouTube and it suggests videos that might interest you? Yeah. So it suggested a video to me about this. Uh, and, and, I, and I love how that... That Google does that, right? Google's Google or NSA or whatever you want to call them or YouTube, right? They recommend stuff, but a lot of times it's they recommend some pretty good stuff. Oh, they do. Well, what it is is it's kind of it's kind of ironic that well, that works. You know out what? That you know way, what right? I think happens, RD. It's like um, uh, how did I want? It? I describe I described this the other day too. If they can put out something that bat reinforces their idea and. 90% of people believe, but then the 10% of us see it as a complete bullshit crock, and this is good evidence. Why would they put this out? Well, they don't give a damn about us 10%. If they fool 90% with it, it was a success. You know what I mean? Probably even lower, maybe 7%. Oh, yeah. But, but no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I agree. That, that, that's, that's why they do it. That's why they do it. And yeah. so, okay, where, where was I? I got off track a little. Oh, so I, start, I see this video about um, GPS. There's a problem with GPS in the Southern Hemisphere. Okay, so I go on and I start I start looking at the uh, the flights. I went to flighttracker.net, and you can literally watch every airplane in the world on GPS. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wait a minute. What is going on here? Every plane in the Southern Hemisphere was disappearing. 
disappearing off the GPS. And they weren't coming back on until they were just about to land. Like, after 100 miles of taking <coughs> off and 100 miles before they land. It would be the only time they were tracked. And these, some of these planes are going way across the Pacific. And they're not even tracked the whole time. And it's just in the Southern Hemisphere. Like, in the Northern Hemisphere, GPS all over the oceans. So at this time, with the way I was thinking... Now, I was at the point where I thought satellites were fake, or I knew that they were fake. So I was under the impression that, okay, these planes are disappearing off GPS because they're over the oceans, satellites are land-based, and they can't track them that far. And that's a logical conclusion if you think satellites don't exist, and they run off ground communications, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I kind of had that, that belief for months. I, I, I didn't know what was going on until I started to look into the the shape of the earth thing and it started to make some sense because if you look at the flat earth map and for those of you that aren't familiar with it just take a look at it before you scoff at it there's one right on this web page that i set up for this radio show uh before you clicked on the link on the dose of reality uh radio page if you just go to the realnewsonline.com for anybody who's listening to the podcast or lost the page go to the realnewsonline.com go to the page that says dose of reality radio i got like nine images right there uh, the bottom left one is a Gleason's map. It's a map of the the flat the flat Earth. Okay, now if you know now on the flat Earth map, the North Pole is at the center, and we'll get into why it's at the center. But the North Pole is at the center, so the equator, the Tropic of Cancer, and the Tropic of Capricorn circle around it, and the Tropic of Capricorn, you know, would be the the one near the South, Tropic of Cancer near the North, Equator in the middle. But that would also make since it's a circle. The southern hemisphere dramatically bigger. Now, when you go and look at the flights in the southern hemisphere, they don't have direct flights from, say, <coughs> Santiago, Chile to Sydney, Australia. And we'll get into how they say they do now, and it's just a front. But they didn't have any flights going there, and there should be. Even flights from, this is crazy, if you look at a map or a globe, South America and Africa are two continents next to each other. Granted, there's ocean in between, but it's not like South America to Australia, right? Africa is right there. You would figure there'd be flights all day from Africa, South Africa to to, uh, South America. The flights from South America that go to Africa, you know where they, they make a layover? New York, Los Angeles, Dubai. What the fuck? Now, this, this is like not just a little out of the way. This is like an extra 4,000 miles on their flight to make these layovers that are completely out of the way. And you're like, well, what are they doing? Are they picking up passengers? Because they want to save fuel. They don't want to burn all this jet fuel and go all these ways. No, they're doing that because they... Oh, we're getting a call here. Hold on. Uh, Phil, what... Phil, we're not opening the the, uh, the phone lines just yet. When I do, I'll let you know. I'll let you be the first guy in. Just let me get like another 15, 20 minutes in here. Um, well, I just lost my train of, train of thought. Yeah, so the you flights. Were, you, were, you were talking about the flights yeah, re- yeah. redirecting back to the north, northern hemisphere, and then coming back. Let me interject real quick, Brian, because I think for people who are new to this, you bring up some really good points. This was, This is one of the things that really grabbed me because you, you sent me some stuff, and I'll be honest. I mean, I really thought this stuff was not so too at first. And then you did. You did a good job of sending me, like, the starter package, if you will. <laughs> and then kind of, like, getting me more into some of the more advanced material, if you will. But one of the good things was Mark Sargent's clues. And he talks exactly, and he did this apparently in his video, 
and he he gets into this whole flight pattern thing and there's a couple websites that you can track every flight in the world and all the gps's were basically they would drop from the southern hemisphere and then right when they would either would get to their destination they would pick back up again or they the plane would go to the northern hemisphere and right and land somewhere and then and then pick up new passengers or whatever, and then at some new hub in the northern hemisphere, and then go back down in the southern hemisphere. And you know, one, why would the GPS drop? And then two, why would you waste all that fuel, right? Yeah, and the, I mean, and these, the, it just doesn't make sense. But but I want to clarify this because I think this is important. You did what he did, is that correct? You went on to this. What's the site called again? Flight Tracker. Flight Tracker. Or yeah, I actually stumbled across the same video he did. I think he stumbled across. Uh, the guy doing it in German, though. The guy I saw it was in English, but it was probably around the same time. Yeah, flighttracker.net. Okay. And th- these these layovers that I'm talking about where they're way out of the way, the best part idea is these happen all day, all night, every day. The same flights will keep diverting into the northern hemisphere and then back down, like almost making like a triangle without the bottom part, like, a, like an upside-down V. And when you take those flight paths, and I mean all of them, you could take hundreds of them, and you take those same destinations and lay them on a flat map with those layovers – those layovers are in the middle, and they're a straight line because the map's just right. laid, it makes, laid out different. It makes sense on a flat map. Total sense. But then, you know, right, and then you got to ask yourself, well, if the Earth is truly round, right, why wouldn't you take a shortcut? Of course, and, th- and then there's all these shortcuts that people could have. Say you wanted to go from South America to Australia, and it's, you know, 13-hour flight, and so they, they – you could just go over Antarctica and cut over the South Pole and get there in half the time. But those shortcuts are never taken. Never, ever, right. ever, ever taken. Or, or again, your example from South America to Africa. Why wouldn't you just fly from the tip of South America yeah. to the tip of, tip of Africa? But they don't. Most of the flights go back up in the Northern Hemisphere and then lay over somewhere and then redirect back down and say Africa or somewhere else. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And then there's some other ones that have come out in the last like um, couple of years where people have had to make emergency landings. One woman, for example, and there's like many examples of these, but one woman, for example, was coming from the Philippines, and she was going to Los Angeles. Okay, so she's coming from what we call the Far East, but she's coming, you know, from our West Coast, you know, from the west of LA into LA over the Pacific Ocean from the Philippines, and she goes into labor halfway, so they made an emergency stop. Well, they didn't stop in Hawaii, which would look like it's halfway on the globe. Well, they didn't just keep going. You know where they stopped? They stopped in Alaska. You're going from the Philippines to L.A. Why are you stopping in Alaska, especially on an emergency? Uh, That doesn't make any sense. We're talking thousands of miles out of the way. Now go look at the Flat Earth map. Look at it. It's right on the webpage I put up. Look at the Philippines and look at L.A. Now make a line from the Philippines to L.A. and look where you go. You cross right over Alaska. It's dead in the middle. Again, it just makes sense on the flat earth map. Um, Philip Dykes, I know you're listening. You tried to call in. We weren't quite ready for calls yet. So just give me a, you know another 15 minutes or so. And as soon as I take calls, buddy, you'll be the, you'll be the, uh, the first one in. So you, know, you start to realize that all these flights, the, the layovers are actually in the middle. They're not out of the way. And then I realize, okay... It's not because the GPS couldn't reach. They're intentionally shutting it off because they have to hide these routes. If they show these routes and where the planes are really going, people are eventually going to pick up on this shit. Um, so that then I, I, you know, I wasn't I wasn't even a, a, into flat Earth yet. I was still at the the satellite thing, and then I saw this. And then I started to see how all the pictures of Earth from space 
were fake. And then it gets even better. The NASA, the NASA, NASA has come out several times and admitted, not that anything they say means shit anyways, but they've come out and admitted like five, six different times on video that they can't get past low Earth orbit. Now, how did they get to the moon 40 years ago if they can't get past low Earth orbit, which is like a thousand miles out? And in my opinion, they're not even going that far, but they can't get past low Earth orbit. Now, they've said this many times. They've even said it specifically to the point like, oh, well, we want to get past low Earth orbit. We're building systems so we can make those next discoveries in our solar system. We want to get to the moon. We want to get to Mars. This is the shit that comes out of their mouth, dude. And it's so, like, in other words, for the layman, low or, low Earth orbit, right? Them not being able to get past this. That means that they can't go far enough, fast enough out of orbit to break the orbit where you don't get trapped in revolving around like a satellite, so to speak. If right, revolving around the Earth, is that what they're saying? Well, they didn't say that. That was their specific technical reason because of the speed, no. or whether it's because of the okay. oxygen systems, or whatever the reason is. They say they can't do it, and they're working on it, which is absolutely absurd. Oh, but then well, again, how did they get? How did they do it for the moon? And how did they do it where they sent these probes to take pictures of? Well, Whatever. the pro, the, pro, the probes Jupiter, are unmanned. Mars, Saturn, Pluto, and all that stuff that they say they take pictures of. Well, the probes don't count because those are unmanned, so they could just write that off. Well, there's not people on it. But I still, th- it's got to break the orbit, right? I, I think their issue is saying they can't go past low Earth orbit for shielding reasons, radiation, whatever to do with the astronauts. I don't think it's so much the craft. Okay, I was you know what I mean? maybe it was I'm just saying that's what they too. that's what they would say if you brought that up. They'd say, well, those aren't manned. But okay, okay how did they get to the moon? Okay, that that's it. How did you get to the moon? They got to the moon six times yeah. in three years, dude. Three years, they went six times. Like, you're doing two moon trips a year? You would think that takes like a decade to plan one, you know what I mean? They, they're going twice a year. Not only that, the first time they went, no problem. Yeah, we'll just go. We'll go up there. We'll play some golf. They didn't bring a telescope, but they brought golf clubs in a go-kart. This is what they do. On the ISS, how's this for fakery? So on the ISS, they're supposed to be in space, okay? Now, when the Super Bowl happened, I don't know if you remember this story, the Super Bowl happened, and they were wearing a Patriots jersey and a Falcons jersey. They hadn't had a drop-off since before the playoffs had even started. So how did they know what teams were in the fucking Super Bowl? Did they have all 32 NFL jerseys dropped off there? Not only that, they had a football that said. Oh, fa- a, okay. They had a football oh, that said. Yeah, that's a great point, right? But not only that, they had a football that said Falcons versus Patriots, Super Bowl, whatever it was. So they had to have a football printed up for every possible combination of thirty-two teams. How many is that? Several hundred. So they had several hundred footballs put up there a few months before too. Of course not. They're not in I space. Never thought of that. I, I didn't see this footage, but I see what you're saying now. In other words. In other words, two of the astronauts were up there during the Super Bowl, but they had already been up there for months. So, how did they pre-plan, knowing that yep. it was going to be it was going to be the Patriots and the, and the Falcons in the Super Bowl? How did they know to take those jerseys? So they wouldn't. So they'd have to take all thirty-two, and not only that, or, or just or just luckily, like someone had a Tom Brady jersey and somebody had a Matt Ryan jersey. Yeah. Right. But what are the chances of that? Maybe Tom Brady, but I can't see in the Falcons too. But it, it, it just yeah. Okay. And then the football. Think about the football. <laughs> the football has the 
both teams on it, not just one guy wearing one jersey, one wearing the other. You would have to have a football printed up with every possible combination of Super Bowl opponents. That's not 32 teams. That's 32 times 32 times 1, 32 times 2, 32. That's every team times every other team. That's several hundred teams, several hundred possibilities. It's insane. Wow. It's so every then you I just start to question everything they do. They tell us, you know, the earth, the earth. I'll, I'll get into the core in a minute. Let's get to the core real quick. They tell you the earth is made of molten lava and uh, magma and, and iron core and nickel and all this. And they give you these drawings. And you've seen the drawings in school. They, they give you these yeah. drawings of the, the mantle, the crust, the core, the inner core, all these different colors, right? And right. The, the center of the earth is supposedly 4,000 miles in. And so to know what's down there, they would have to test it, get a sample, or get close to it. And how far does the audience out there think that these guys drilled into the earth? How far? Eight miles. They've never been deeper than eight miles. Eight! Eight miles! You would think they've definitely been deeper than that. Not even talking about the core, just for anything. Nope. They've never even got to eight miles. They were like seven and a half miles. And you know how long they tried? They tried for 30 years. And the drill bit just keep breaking. The Russian cola drill tried for 30 years. And there was a German one, massive one too, that tried. Nobody could ever get past eight miles. The drill bit would just keep melting and, and failing. There was, there was, they couldn't get through whatever the layer was there. They could not get through it. They could not get through it. Now, I've been rambling on and on about these things kind of teasing into the earth. I'm going to get right to it now. Why? Brian Staveley has gone off the deep end, as some people think. And he believes the earth is flat. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. And uh, you know what? Before I tell you why, RD, didn't you want to ask me something about maybe my points on this? or? Well, I mean, we talked about this earlier. I think, like, we talked about maybe what are your top five clues? Like, what are your top five keys? You already talked about a bunch of them, but maybe you reiterate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, like, no, no, I'm your... not reiterating. I actually bounced around those. I was saving those. were kind of uh... – those are top things of learning that NASA is a deception and making you okay. open your, making people open their mind enough and think about it and be willing to look into the flat Earth. But those aren't my best flat Earth proofs. Maybe the p- no picture of Earth is one of them, but those aren't my okay. best flat Earth proofs. So you know what? We're gonna go down my. Uh, we're gonna go down way more than just five. But I'm gonna start off okay. with my uh, with my top five my top five um, flat Earth proofs. Yeah. What are your top five flat Earth clues? And before we do that, we are just, oh, sorry, I got audio playing in the background. Before we do that, Adi, we're going to take a quick three-minute break. So if you got to get a okay. drink or anything, do that, and we'll come right back, and we are going to jump into the flat earth, dissect it, and get to my best proofs, and we are going to get through so much of it. I don't know. You know, I know you can't stay all night, but as long as you can, and then I'll take some I'll calls after. I'll stay a little after. bit more. All right, awesome. But so you're, nev- you're never going to get the Mandela effect, are you? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to get to it. If I got to stay on until 2 in the morning, I'll get to it. <laughs> right. All right, guys. Okay. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dose of Reality Radio with Brian Staley, my guest RD, and we will be back in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. Okay, everybody. Welcome back to the Dose of Reality Radio show. I'm Brian Staley. I'm here with RD Pacek, and we are just about to dive a little deeper into the flat earth. Um, one second, I am just trying to add a contact so I can call this person, uh, add me as a contact, Phil. 
So I can add to group. Okay. So we are going to do what? We're going to get into the five, uh, my top five points. Yeah. And then uh, after we get to my top five, I'm going to add a, a caller that's trying to get into the call. Um, oh, why can't I just put... It's weird. I think he has to be a contact of mine. He has to add me as a friend. Phil, if you listen, and add me as a friend because I can't add you to the call until you're on my friends list for some reason, and then I can group call you. It's letting me do everybody else but you. Um, okay, Flat Earth. Top proofs. For me, obviously... Well, not obviously, because people have different top proofs. For me, the two biggest things, uh, the two of the biggest things, one is there's no curve, okay? There is absolutely no measurable curvature uh, anywhere. Now, they tell you Earth is a ball, uh, 25,000 miles around almost, 24,900, something like that. And if that is the case there would be a curvature of 8 inches per mile squared. So every mile you go, first mile you go will be 8 inches. Second mile, 2 miles. 2 times 2 is 4 times 8, 32 inches. 3 miles, you square the mile. 3 times 3 is 9 times 8, 72 inches. So as you can tell, it would go up rather, rather fast. And with the technology that we have now, and all the cameras coming out and stuff, um, it's becoming a lot easier to disprove the globe. And I think it's kind of got them a little scared. A lot of flat earthers are out there buying these P900 cameras. They're about 500 bucks, you know, four to 600, depending where. And they have an 83 time optical zoom. So we're using these to take pictures of the sun, pictures of the moon, which is certainly not as far as they say. I mean, close up pictures. But even more importantly, we're taking pictures of long distance shots that simply would not be possible on the globe. Now, if you look at my Dose of Reality radio page, you'll see an image of a skyline. That is the Chicago skyline. This is a very famous picture now because the Chicago skyline was taken by a guy named Josh Nowicki. And what what Josh Nowicki did... Uh, what Josh Nowicki did is he took a call... Uh, he, t- he took a call. He took a photo of Chicago um, from Michigan, from across the lake, across Lake Michigan. And he was able to get in the picture the whole skyline of Chicago. And at the distance of 60 miles that he took it from, there should have been 2,400 feet of curvature. That means standing on a ball, as it has to curve away from you in every direction, something that's 60 miles away is going to be 2,400 feet below your horizon because the ball is curved. Okay. Now, if no buildings in Chicago are over 2,400 feet, you shouldn't see any of them. And they're not even close. The closest building is like 1,000 feet shorter. So the entire skyline should be absolutely buried under a curvature. So what do they say? They Okay, actually- and Brian, there's 5,285,280 feet per mile. So if there's like roughly 2,400... You said 52,000. Or sorry, 5,200 or 5,280 feet per mile, right? Or 5,280 5, feet equals a mile. So 2,400 feet of curvature, give or take, is a little bit less than half a mile? Yeah, it's about a half a mile of curvature, exactly. 
Which should which should be noticeable, right? You would think a half a mile would be noticeable. Yeah, and even if you can't notice it with like your naked eye, oh, it looks like the Earth is curving away. You no, have but, you no, have buildings that aren't that height, so you shouldn't be able to see them. But with his with with his lens, if he could actually take this picture at sixty miles, you know, and he's got that good of a view, you would you would think that he would see the see the almost half a mile of curvature. Of course you would. You you would what you would see is you would see water blocking the out the entire Chicago skyline. You shouldn't be able to see it. And this one is just so obvious. Like it's just it's really really bad. So what would happen is this 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 image got out on the internet, and the establishment panicked. And what they did is they <coughs> had a weatherman come on. And he comes out, he's like, oh, you saw these pictures from Josh Nowicki of the Chicago skyline. He literally comes on TV and he tells you, what you're seeing here is a mirage. You should not be seeing this. This is what he tells you. So he's, these people that want you to ignore your senses all the time, ignore your common sense, ignore your sense of motion. They want you to ignore your eyesight. You're literally looking at friggin' the Chicago skyline in front of you, buildings and skyscrapers and everything in front of you, and this idiot is telling you it's a fucking mirage. Like, dude, what, what, do, you, what do you mean it's a mirage? So a, a mirage is upside down, by the way. Mirage is an inverted, superior mirage, he calls it. Superior mirage is an inverted and they're not crystal clear like these pictures are. Like they're wavy, they're mirages. You know what I mean? It's not. It's like it's not a real thing. It's almost like a reflection. So. And aren't they really hard to happen? Like you need like certain. certain I, mean, I don't know much about them, yeah. but I would guess you would need like certain atmospheric and 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 weather conditions, like almost perfect for a mirage to happen. Yep, so what he tried to do, he tries to go on with this graph and explain. He goes, well, you got this cold air front going in here and this warm air front going this way. So what it does is it lifts the image up over the horizon. And you shouldn't be seeing this, but this is a mirage. No, dude, it's not a mirage. That's what we're really seeing. And, and even if I was to believe your cockamamie story, how it's a mirage, right? How it's a mirage. Well, if it's a mm-hmm. mirage, why aren't the buildings upside down? Good question. Oh, how Dave. do we know Josh Nowicki? You know what? You know the debunkers are going to say. How do you know that Josh Nowicki's picture is legitimate? Oh, there's a, there's an easy way. Well, besides the fact, huh, I can answer that. So besides the okay. fact he took many of them, different times of day, all clear, no mirage, different sun conditions. Other people took the uh, the same picture. Blah 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 blah. Well, Rob Skiba. People were trying to say that, so Rob Skiba wanted to go and prove that Chicago is not a mirage. So he went out, he took the pictures from across the way like Josh did. Then Rob took a video camera, he got in a boat, he went across Lake Michigan with the camera rolling on Chicago the whole time. He filmed Chicago the whole time, and guess what happened when he got to the shore? Chicago was really there. Imagine that. Oh, wow. I didn't know Rob Skiba did this. I've just kind of started looking into some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Rob Skiba so did he ba- he basically went and tested it to debunk the debunkers, basically. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So, wow. Well. Yep. Yeah. All right. So what else you got? That's like what? Clue one? Clue two? That I'm not is, sure. That is, actually, <laughs> that is actually just clue one. Clue, clue two. One, clue one on curvature, basically. Yep. Oh, to stick with the curvature, another thing is people say, oh, well, you can see the curvature from an airplane. 
and you can't see a curvature from an airplane. That is just... Whoops, did I just end the call? I think I just hung up on RD, guys. Sorry about that. Hang on one second. Let me just add him back to the call. Oops! Mistakes happen, guys. Please bear with me. We're not perfect here. Far from perfect. Far, far, far from perfect. RD right here. We will add you. And Philip Dykes, I don't know why you are not showing in my list. It's weird. Weird, weird, weird. I did that by accident. <laughs> there was this little red button up in the left corner. I'm like, what's this do? <laughs> I clicked it. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's weird. because uh, disconnected. That's fine. One of our callers, Philip Dykes, is trying to call in. I, I can't add him to the group. Like, I can add everybody else on my contact list and, and make a group call. I can't add him. I don't know why. Um, after Shit, I just spilled my beer. Phil, after I get through a couple more points, I'm just going to have you try to call, try and connect to you. Um, RD, if I can't add him to the group call, do you mind if I put you on hold for a minute and just get his question in? Here he is right now. Phil, you there? Yeah, man. RD, you still there? Let me see. Let me see if I can uh, add RD to this somehow. This 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 shit's kind of confusing right now. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, man. All right. So. What's up, Phil? Hey, I'm just glad you guys are back on the air. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, did you have a question or a point? Or cause I can put you back on after, but right now I can't do a conference call, so I got RD holding. Man, I just want to make make an observation. Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? What's up, Phil? Well, I believe I'm in the flat earth thing with you, man. And you got to turn your speakers down. You got to turn your speakers down, the feedback. Okay. I did. I turned it all the way down. Um, we got to find Antarctica, man. We got to go on an adventure, dude. And go find it. I hear you. I, I honestly think the North Pole is the key, in my opinion. But I, Antarctica is well, huge I as well. The North, I think the North Pole... Okay, here's my theory, bro. And I know you're going to think it's crazy. I think the North Pole is real. They're, the North Pole is the middle of the middle of this Earth. And I think that's where the entrance to Middle Earth is. Why would I think that's crazy? I don't think that's crazy. Well, I don't think, you know, they want us to go there. I don't think they want us to go... To the North Pole, and why does every country honor the Treaty of Antarctica, but they can't we can't honor any other fucking treaties in the world, but everybody honors that one. Because the rest and, of the world is a stage, and that's the secret they need to protect is Antarctica. Exactly, and so there's the key, and so that's where I'm at right now is that we we need to go there, and Sangri wants to go there. We either need to get sponsored and, you know, get a boat or we got to steal one and do it. And I want to go there, man. It's the last great adventure in in the world. But I did listen to another show with the dude who does have lots of money. 
and he's tried twice and he said here's what's going to happen you're going to get detoured detained or dead and so you know we can't be scared if it could be the last thing we ever do you know what i mean so you'd have to like be ready to just walk away from everything and say fuck it you know what i mean i mean it would not be an easy thing to do but anything worthwhile ain't easy so well, it sh- it sure would take a lot of uh, a lot of planning, and we we certainly would need training. I mean, we can't. I know I'm not fit and in shape to do an expedition. It'd be something you'd have to really prepare for. I'm not an outdoorsman. Oh at yeah, all, you know? I agree. You, I agree. You can't, you can't under- underestimate just, it. You know. I didn't say we could just do it easy, but if you listen to Admiral Byrd, dude, we we left guys there when when we went to Antarctica. We, le- we left men there, I want to say like 45 or 43, over 4,000 men stayed there. I-, I think there's a permanent base there. The Russians got people there. The Chinese got people there. It's very possible. It's very possible. I mean, there's a lot... <laughs> It's very possible there's a base down there. On the TV, I mean, we, I mean, there's TV definitely a base. We, we know there's a base, but I mean, there's very possible yes. there's bases we don't know about. You know? Oh, there's got to be because Bird says on that TV show that's on the interview on YouTube from one of the TV shows. The Long back Jeans. In the 50s. Long Jeans Chronicle. Okay. Well, I wasn't even born then, but he, he says that there was enough cold. Take care of the world. Did you hear him say that he said? Yeah, there was enough coal, coal and resources to take care of the world, and that Antarctica is made out of money, and that there is uh, land as big as America on the other side exactly. of the South he Pole. He said it was great, as bigger than all of North America. Yep. Absolutely. And, so, and we still don't know what he did there, man. He just like. I mean, it's there's no record of it. You can't. No, we have you know, no search. idea. We have no idea what he saw, how far he went. You know what I mean? What type right. of certain, opposition there might have been? Shit, man, we can look up, you know, in public, public domain and stuff, but you can't find nothing on that, dude. No, you can't. But the the thing that kind of. Uh, even though we can't find nothing, it kind of what kind of validates his story for me. And I, I take TV interviews with a grain of salt, but I do think he was being honest there, and he let more out than he should have. I, I don't think that was oh, a yeah. deception. I think don't mm-hmm. think that was gatekeeping. I think he fucked up. But um, no, that wasn't scripted though. No, I think he just. But if you look at the timeline, the time that like off. Yeah, yeah, off the cuff. Off the cuff. Yeah, if you look at the timeline of what happened, I mean, as soon as he left there. Oh, they sealed it up. Antarctic Treaty started with 12 countries. Now there's like 52, 55 countries in it. Every every major country is in on the treaty. Nobody breaks the treaty. These are countries that are supposedly at war, countries that have been in war, countries that need resources. Nobody's going down there. And he's, he mysteriously dies less than a year after giving that interview, and they start NASA. This is all in a matter of a year from the time he left there to the time he died to the time they started NASA, and they, they, they sealed off the outer edge with Antarctica, Antarctic Treaty. They sealed off the upper edge with the space program. 
And not that anybody's going to get too far going up, you know, trying to get into space anyways, but they militarized it with NASA and nobody else can even try. If anybody tries to go to space, they have to go through NASA. And what happens if you go through NASA? You get compartmentalized. People think, oh, well, my grandfather built a satellite or blah, blah, blah. Dude, if my grandfather built brake pads in Detroit and my car has brake pads on it, does that mean I drove my car to California? No, it doesn't. It just means my grandfather made brake pads on a car and the car actually worked. Same thing with people that build space shuttles and satellites. They're not all in on it. People say, oh, how are all the scientists in on it? How are all the engineers on it? How are all the teachers in it? They're not in on it. They're, as, they're not only as brainwashed as anybody, they're brainwashed even more. Because if they try and go outside the box and think, oh, I've been lied to about NASA, I've been lied to about space, I've been lied to about the Earth, it goes against everything they've learned their whole life, all the extra schooling they took, their employment, they got to throw everything out the window. So it's even harder for them to go against it you know what i'm saying exactly because and not to mention they're all freemasons so they already got a secret pact exactly to each other for that and so you know that's what ties them together and just like in the masons the lower level guys don't have any idea what's going on in the upper no idea they don't they don't know what the 33rd degree guys are up to what Obama's up to and George Bush Sr. and these evil mother the Pope. How about the Pope, man? Come on. The- oh yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the Pope a little later on because I was actually no, gonna but I'm just saying, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the Vatican's involved with flat earth too. Oh I know that that that's where I was gonna tie it in. The Vatican is definitely involved. Yeah. The Vatican is there to basically Even discredit deeper, Christianity. Deeper. They're there to discredit Even- Christianity, push the Catholic Catholic uh the Roman Catholic Church it goes out through the Vatican, spreads its tentacles on all the churches that uh, uh, they think you know. They think that the Roman Catholic Church of the Vatican is about Christianity, but it's not. It's it's opposite, and they go against the Bible. The Vatican created Islam. There's proof the the Vatican created Islam to destroy the Christians. Oh, of course they did, and, and if you read the Bible, I mean, there's there's hundreds of verses about the flat Earth. But the the Vatican has been pushing the heliocentric lie the whole time. I mean, even if the things exactly. don't work, learn about their telescope. But they got these telescopes. They, they they name it Lucifer. First they own of all. them all. They own all the telescopes. Every I I think yeah I did, and that's feeding into know, the lie. Dude, there's an observatory right down here in Arizona, right south of me. Okay, that the University of Arizona uses. It's on the mountain down here in Tucson. And then I looked up, guess who owns it? The Vatican. Vatican owns the fucking telescope. I looked up the one in Flagstaff. They own that one. All the major observatories, dude, in the whole country, the Vatican owns all of them. I know. I know. It's, the, it's schools, just... the schools, they they put the school's name on it and shit, so they act like it, it's for the school. But they still own it, and they just let the schools use it. You know, you know what term I like to use for the Pope and the Vatican, and this is a term that I, that I always heard growing up, but I never applied it to anything. Right. Fa- false prophet. How's oh, that? Yeah. How is that for a perfect term? False prophet. Yeah, that's great. My my grandma, she was a Christian, and she told me never trust the Catholic son. She said don't. She told me not to trust the Catholics or the Mormons. Yeah, never, absolutely never, Phil. Um. RD is um he's only gonna be with me for a few more a few more because he's got to okay. go to bed soon. One more. 
yeah, I was going to ask you, you want to make another, and I can bring you back later too. I'm going to stay on till probably like two. So the last thing we got, I want to figure out how does the Mandela effect tie in with awesome. flat earth. And Phil, you are right up my alley today because I have a whole prep, sh- uh, prep list that I made for the show. And I, I showed I mean, RD I before. I that's did. all connected, bro. And we're all yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we're like, going to get into Mandela deep. And you know what? Why don't, um, cause I'm going to get do the flat earth with RD. We're all, dude. That's why we're all friends, though, because God brings those people together, man, that are the same. Absolutely. Mind. And you know what? I was an atheist until a couple of years ago, maybe even until like a year ago, and I just can't be anymore. You know, it's it's impossible. I remember. I can't be. I just can't. I just I'm, this, I can't. I'm so glad when you said you were exploring the Bible and that you thought there might be a God. That made me so happy to hear that. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So whether it's true. Whether it's true or not, I know I was brainwashed into it because my grandma took me to Sunday school and she taught me from since I could walk that Jesus died on the cross. So that's what I believe. You know, I'm yeah. not going to deny that. But yeah. at the same time, in my heart, I think it's true. There's something that's greater than us. I don't know what it is. If everybody wants to call it God, that's cool with me. Yeah, whether it's you God know? or a creator, there's some somebody created but this place. I don't like organized religion in the fact that no. are all about money. Yeah. And you got assholes like that Joel fucker that wouldn't Oh, uh, Seinstein or Joel Steen, whatever his name is. I know who you're talking Olst- about. Olstein. Olstein, yeah. Olstein wouldn't take those people in down in Houston and he could have gave all those people shelter and he didn't even open it yeah. up. You know you what? Know, that's not... Fuck that guy. What, How's that? I know, but God doesn't... That's not the way it works, man. He's not... He's supposed to throw the doors open and tell everybody, come on in. Yep, Not absolutely. Absolutely. Worry um, about if they're about to get some mud on the fucking floor. I'm sorry, but no. damn. But listen, I'm going to I'm gonna hop back okay, to RD. But before I do, I want to tell you one thing. Uh, I had planned on after the flat, the flat earth stuff's going to take me. I'm going to go through like another hour, you know. But uh, I'm going to get into Mandela after, even if I'm up late. So I know you're on a different time zone. It's not too late for you. If you want to chime back in in a little bit. You want me to add you back to the oh, call yeah. after? Is that cool? Sure, man. I'll be right. here. I, and hey, I hate cutting you short. It's just I can't get the group call working right now. So RD's just kind of waiting in silence. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you tell him I'm so glad to hear him, man. I love that dude, man. Oh, I will. I'm sure he's listening right he, now. He's supposed to come to Arizona and crash on my couch, man. Tell him the offer is still open, man. You know, that, that goes for you too, man. Anytime, bro. You know? Awesome, man. Thank you, buddy. All right, I'm going to switch over to RD, but uh, are you going to be listening? Of course I am. All right, well, I, uh, I'll give you a cue when I'm ready for another call, and you can just call back in, okay? Okay, bro. All right, buddy. Thank you. R- RD, you there? RD? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Normally, the great thing with Skype is you can do, do group calls, but like we experimented earlier, we have two different Skypes, and I'm used to the one you had, and I just, for the life of me, couldn't add Phil to the call, so I had to put you on hold. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's all good. I felt bad, because he's, he's a really good uh, good follower of the research. He does his research, and he wanted to get in for a while, so I had to let him in. He's going to chime back in later when I get to Mandela, so let's, yeah, I let's know. get... I know. I know Phil, of course. Phil, oh, he, Phil's a good guy. He, he talked very highly of you, actually. He said he loves you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil, Phil and I have uh, we've had some serious conversations before in the past in chat, and we've actually talked on the phone a few times. Uh, I'm guilty probably of not calling him a little bit more, so I apologize for that, Phil. He's probably listening. But, yeah, Phil's a really good guy. He knows a lot of stuff. So. 
Hell yeah, hell good yeah. to hear him call in and good to hear, good to hear him listen. So hell yeah. So uh, I, I I appreciate his kind words. It's nice. <laughs> <to know. laughs> yeah, he's listening. He'll be, he'll be listening. He's gonna call back in so. later when we get to the Mandela. Um, now okay, we, so getting back to the, like your top exactly five, your exactly yeah. and then something else, and I'll probably stay Spin. on for like another fifteen twenty, and then I gotta hit the hit the hit sack. But go ahead. That's cool, buddy. Okay, so no curve. No spin. That's my second point of the flat earth that is uh, rather strong. There is no spin of the earth. Now, we touched on this earlier with the Felix Baumgartner uh, Red Bull mm-hmm. jump. Uh, he jumped from two and a half hours. He took two and a half hours to get up there. He jumped and landed 55 miles from where he started, when in reality he should have been 2,500 miles from where he started, somewhere in the middle of the friggin' Pacific Ocean. But he landed back in New Mexico. But that's not my proof of the no spin. The proof of the no spin. Well, there's a lot of proof. A lot of proof. But for one, how about the proof of the Earth spins? There is none. There never has been any. So when people try and say, they try and like play these little games on Flat Earth is where, oh, you can't make this work. And they'll try, and we talked about this earlier, they try and use their numbers on our model. Like, oh, well, the Flat Earth can't work because it'd be daylight everywhere. Well, that's if the sun's fucking as big as they say. It, but it's not. It's small and it's close. Um, my, point, my point with the curve is, and it's my airplane point, I know you like this one. If the Earth is spinning a thousand miles an hour, never mind that Nobody's measured it. Nobody's been able to test it. Every test has failed. Let's just say you don't believe any of it. Let's say you don't buy any of that because it's all hearsay and it's in the past. Okay? Let's use some common sense. Earth spinning a 1,000 miles an hour at its axis, supposedly. 1,038, exactly. Now, if the Earth is spinning west to east, how does an airplane land on a north and south runway? Think about it, guys. An airplane doing five hundred... It doesn't matter how fast it's going, but let's airplane doing 500 miles an hour is going to land on a north and south runway. But the Earth is spinning sideways at the plane at 1,000 miles an hour. How does the plane touch down on the runway? Any idea, Artie? No, you hurt my brain with this one. What, a month ago, maybe? And it's... It doesn't even have to land north and south. No, Either, any, anyway, any, it would be different, any, impossible. But, but I guess it, yeah, it, 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 it reinforces the point probably going north, right? But even east-west, like, if it goes up 30,000 feet, the plane, right, and the Earth is spinning on its axis, not to mention it's still doing revolutions, too, which I would think, again, they would have to affect for, they would have to take in consideration both. But just dealing with the axis issue, right, 1,000 miles an hour, and you and I talked about this, like a flight from L.A. to say Baltimore, right? How are you? How are you landing the plane? Because the Earth is spinning around. So how are you going to land back at that exact spot? You can't. You can't. Oh, a few people are trying but to I get guess, in. They can't. I guess the, the the comeback for it is is well, you don't leave the atmosphere. No, I guess gravity still keeps you the the to the Earth. They say what centrifugal force keeps you to the Earth and gravity, et cetera, et cetera. But when you just think of like a tennis ball or a severe a a a, a, a sphere, right, and then an object pulled off of it, and you spin the spin the sphere around really fast, and you try to place that object back perfectly on where it left, or even some other designated point. And you're just spinning the tennis ball, what? I don't know. Maybe a couple miles an hour you could spin a tennis ball around in your hand or, you know, on, on, a, on a surface or whatever. It would be tough to even just to do it that. 
So how do you land a plane going 500 miles an hour on an Earth that's spinning, what, 10,000 miles an hour? Uh, well, it's supposedly spinning 1,038 <laughs> miles an hour, and it's supposedly, oh, you're going to like this, the Earth, while it's tilted on its axis while it's spinning, it's... T- or, or I'm it's, sorry, it, spin, it spins up, what, 1,000 miles an hour on its axis? Sorry, did I say 10,000? Yeah, yeah. Man, I wish my stream was working right, because we have, like, four other people in the chat that are trying to get in. Like, I got to work out these bugs. But guys, anybody that is listening, thank you for the patience, and tell anybody that's a friend of yours that tried to listen, the podcast will absolutely be up by the morning, if not later tonight, because I'll probably be up all night editing it, but... um. I will try and work out the bugs with the stream later. I, I really don't know what to tell you guys. It's just a lot of trial and error. Um, so, yeah, the plane, 1,000 miles an hour. Also, the Earth is tilted. I just want to get into the numbers real quick before I forget. Now, we, now, as I'm talking about the flat Earth with you, you know I am under the impression, and you probably are at this point, or maybe you're not, but the numbers that they make are fabricated. Okay? Their model... They're, they're- they're not accurate. That's no, they're not accurate. They're a total malicious lie, <laughs> and their whole model is a lie. So knowing that, going on the premise that their numbers are fabricated, if there's something funny in their numbers, they created it. Now, I'm not a numerology type of guy, gematria. I don't get into none of that because you can make anything fit anything, really, with that type of stuff. But but these people that are known Satanists, Luciferians, the NASA people, do you know that they say the Earth is tilted on its vertical axis at 23.4 degrees. You know what that leaves on the horizontal, right? 66.6 degrees. And the Earth supposedly revolves around the Sun at 66,600 miles an hour. And the Earth supposedly curves at 0.666 feet per mile squared. Oh, coincidence. (laughs) Surely a coincidence. Surely a coincidence. But yeah, back to the spinning. So never mind just the uh, the planes trying to land on a LaSalle runway, which would be impossible. So I, I wanted to look into it. I'm like, all right, well, let me see if there are even north-south runways, you know? Which, of course, if there weren't, it would be because this reason they couldn't do it. But let me see if there are north-south runways. And there are. They're everywhere. There's runways going every direction. Uh, and the Earth supposedly spinning 1,000 miles an hour sideways. It's fucking complete bullshit. And I know we are on the spin right now, but we were on the curve before. And we're talking about airplanes. I'm going to backtrack a little. Um, let's say you're flying an airplane over the Earth. Let's do a, a, a little example you can maybe visualize better. Hold a basketball in your left hand. A basketball, right? Now take a fake plane, toy plane. Take a matchbox car. Pretend it's a plane, right? Fly over the ball. Planes fly level. What happens if you fly a, a, a plane level over the ball? Well, it's going to end up in space because it has to nose down and go around the ball. I mean, that's just obvious. You can't fly level and go around a ball. You can fly level and go over a flat plane, which is exactly what they do, exactly what they're trained to do. It's it, uh, Flight instructors have come out and said it. Pilots, even it's in NASA's paperwork. I know I showed you some of it once. Um, talks about NASA training to fly over a, a flat, stationary, non-rotating Earth, and that's because it is non-rotating. Um, so if there was a curvature, the plane would have to adjust for it. So when you ask people, oh, how do they, how do pilots compensate for the curvature? They don't. They don't. There, there is no yeah, compensation. That's the, thing that, that's the thing that blew my mind because yeah, if you're gonna fly the plane. You've, you've and get it around the curve. You would you would have to you would have to keep dipping the nose to go around the curve. Otherwise, you're going to fly in a straight line and you would fly right off the sphere. Right off the sphere. 
Absolutely. And you would go, and then you would keep going. You, if you didn't, if you didn't curve the plane to, to to match the curve of the sphere, right? I mean, it's just kind of simple geometry, right? You would fly yeah. in a straight line, and you'd end right up in space because you keep space, gaining altitude. You just keep, yeah, you just keep going into space, whichever direction you're flying. Yep. And do you know who? Right? Um, so you you would have to turn it, but but you know. According to the, the interviews I've listened to, I mean, none of these flight people, air traffic control. What's the other one I listened to other than air traffic? Uh, flight instructor. Uh, you probably listened to two instructor. flight instructors, two air traffic controllers, I'm thinking, is what you probably listened to. I listened to, I listened to at least one air traffic controller and one flight flight um, instructor. I think Mark Sargent interviews. but And they were great because these guys said, no, we don't. No, they don't they take don't. any of this curvature into consideration. And uh, Bob, Bob from Globebusters, I know I turned you on to them a little bit. I know you like that. That show's really good. Um, Bob from Globebusters, who does a show with Jaron, Bob, and the Morgyle. Bob is a pilot. Well, you know, he used to be a pilot. He still has license. He's a pilot, and he's an electrical engineer. So he has some really good insight on this. And he got into the mechanics of the autopilot and everything. And there is absolutely nothing in the autopilot that uh, would compensate for curvature. The gyros on the plane absolutely show that they're flying over a flat, non-rotating Earth. And, I mean, it's just absurd. I I, I don't even know how else you... Explain, Brian, for people what they're not familiar with this. Some people may not know what a gyro is. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.